The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The message you're about to hear is from RCCG Kings Embassy, Young Adults and Youth Church. Be blessed as you listen. We'll continue from where we stopped last month and I want you to pay attention because I'll be very, very brief so that we have quality time to spend in the place of prayer. I may not be able to shout too much today. Please help me increase this thing. I can barely hear myself. Amen. Amen. Okay. It's getting better. Yes. Thank you, Father. The heart of war, part two. We're still on kingdoms and thrones. The art of war, part two. Our main text remains Esther chapter 4, 7 to 17. Esther chapter 4, 7 to 17. Media, please walk very fast with me. Can you run us to verse 13 and 15 and then we move from there. Verse 13 to 15. I pray for you that the Lord will open your ears this morning. And you will receive the word of God with power in the name of Jesus. Esther chapter 4 from verse 13 to 15. And Mordecai commanded to Esther. He says, Stick not thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Verse 14. For if thou altogether hold thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Verse 15. And Esther bade them return. Or return to Mordecai with this answer. Go gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. Neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to law. And if I perish, I perish. One of the greatest gifts that God can give a man is a very hard teacher. A teacher who will not mice word. A teacher who will not negotiate with the foolishness of the student. A teacher who will not condole indiscipline. A teacher who will not allow the student to walk for so long in foolishness before he opens his mouth of rebuke. Woe unto a church who does not have a hard pastor. Woe unto a nation who does not have a hard leader. Because men will begin to do as they do what they are not supposed to do, how they are not supposed to live. And what they are not supposed, how they are not supposed to behave rather. Esther was about walking out of divine alignment and purpose. Unfortunately, him who was a mentor was a hard man. He had no respect to the position but understood where he stood in her life. And said to her on that day, I pity you. And let me let you know, if you don't align, destruction is coming. Let me sound a warning. Because one of the things I always say when I minister is that the message we preach here is beyond here. By the grace of God, many people are hearing the word now. Every parent must be hard on his child. Every father must be hard on his sons. Every mother must be hard on the daughters. Otherwise, they will walk out of divine alignment. Many parents have allowed their children to play when they should pray and they were not hard on them. They have allowed them to sleep when they should rise and they were not hard on them. I thank God for the mother that was hard on me. I thank God for the fathers that was hard on me. Maybe I would have walked out of divine purpose. 
And Esther was about negotiating with the enemy. And the man was hard on her. He told her, you are about to lose life, including your family, if you refuse to align. Wake up to the responsibility of hard men and appreciate hardness. Celebrate men that can tell you the truth. It may be bitter, but honor them. Because years will run past and you will wish men told you not to go where you went to. Men told you not to hit what you hit. Proverbs chapter 23, 13 to 14. It says, do not fail to discipline your children. The rod of punishment will not kill them. It says physical discipline will save them from death. Physical discipline, another translation says it will save them from hell. Many spiritual leaders, when they were supposed to raise an alarm of hardness, kept quiet. Many parents, when they were supposed to scream, kept quiet because they didn't want to hurt feelings. If your feeling wants to be hurt, go ahead, let it be hurt. There were times when Jesus Christ rose up and announced in front of the Pharisees and said, you generations of vipers. There was time when he had to take a rod and chase out men who had turned the house of God to a den of thieves. Men who have decided to begin to dine with the enemies in the house of God. There is a time for hardness. And what is unto a teacher who has refused not to be hard. The kingdom that we are in is a kingdom of violence and hardness. And violent men take it by force. If you are too calm, this is not your kingdom. Maybe it's among those people that used to do like this. In this kingdom, hardness is compulsory and it is allowed. Thy rod and thy staff, you use it to lead me, you use it to hit me, and yet you still use it to comfort me. Hardness is allowed. Hardness is allowed in this kingdom. Quickly, because of our time, what is prayer yet again? Prayer is a place of burden. For God will not use a man who has no burden. Prayer is a place of burden. For heaven will not recognize a man without burden. Men of burden are the ones God anoints for assignments. Genesis chapter 35 verse 15. The Bible told us about Joseph. How Joseph walked into the field and a man met with him. And said to him, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And Joseph said, I seek my brethren. Until you are burdened for people, God cannot use you. Judges chapter 6, 2 to 6, 11 to 14. What made Gideon recognized was because he had burden for the people. Nehemiah chapter 2, 1 to 10. What made God have reference for Nehemiah was because he woke up one day and he had burden. We are in a generation of people who are not concerned. They are not concerned for themselves. They are not concerned for their family. They are not concerned for their friends. They are not concerned for the country. They are only self-centered. And men who are self-centered will never be anointed by God. Play, prayer is a place of burden. It is high time that you begin to have burden. It was burden that touched a woman called Deborah. In Judges chapter 5, 7 to 9, the Bible said, the villagers will not fight. Nobody will rise up to fight. And scripture said that until high Deborah arose, a mother in Israel. You must understand what the Bible means by mother there. Mother is not by gender or title. Mother is by posture. Ah, you didn't get it. Motherhood is not gender. It is posture. The ability to bath a weight in your belly. It is a burden. The ability to bath a child. To conceive. And then to take a position of bath. That is motherhood. That is why God begins to liken himself to a mother. That's a mother will not forget his children. So also high. 
Motherhood is not a number of children you have given birth to. It is by the time you take a posture of body. Posture of prayer and of body. And here was a woman in a generation where many people are making up. A woman was waking up to the responsibility of prayer. That I will take the stage and I will lead a war. What we have and we see around is several people making up and another woke up in place of prayer. Where are the women? What I was told is that women pray. I've not seen anybody praying. The only woman I know that prays is my mother because every 4 a.m. I have heard how she's negotiating for the life of her children. Every 4 a.m. And that was the woman like Deborah who understood that for me to bath a child, for me to make something out of this place, burden must come. And God is looking for men who will have burden for the land so that he can send them forth. God is looking for men who will have burden for his church so that he can send them forth. God is looking for men who will have burden at least for yourself so that he can begin to show you secret things about your life. If you will not pray for the church, at least travel for your life. Number two, prayer is a place of spiritual violence. Isaiah chapter 61, 1 to 3. Let me show us something quickly. Isaiah chapter 61, 1 to 3. Can we have NIV? Okay, go back to New King James Version. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to pro- to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Verse two. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all women. Verse three. To console those who are in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Now this was a prophecy about Jesus. Now let's go to Luke chapter 4, 18 to 20. When Jesus Christ read this prophecy about himself. Luke chapter 4, 18 to 20. Now Jesus goes into the temple and picks up the word the scroll and he began to read take note of everything we read in Isaiah chapter 61 and let's see what Jesus Christ said here he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor was that in Isaiah chapter 61 he said he has sent me to heal the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set up liberty those who are oppressed Verse 19. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20. And then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant. Who here noticed the part that was not here before Jesus Christ closed the book? Sir? The year of vengeance. Jesus Christ read it to the level And all of a sudden, he closed the book and said, Everybody look at me. This is fulfilled. So who is supposed to do the rest? If you read a part that was written about you, and all of a sudden, you got to the middle of the text, you shut the book, handed it back and said, This is fulfilled. Who is supposed to do the rest? I never understood this for a long time until I saw in the word of God when he says right from the days of John the Baptist and I began to check other translation and I saw that the makeup of that scripture was to help us to understand that the work of the elect of God is to execute vengeance 
You don't understand, but the reason why he saved you is a fulfillment of this. To begin to execute vengeance. Judges chapter 14. When you read to chapter 18, the story of Samson. The Bible told us, especially in Judges 14, that something happened. Samson was going to get married and for the first time we saw that everything that happened in that text was orchestrated by God. His choice of a woman with the Philistine, God said he was the one doing it because God was looking for an opportunity to execute vengeance. Is, could it be that everything that is happening around us, everyone is looking for an opportunity to execute vengeance? And while God was pushing Samson, Samson made good choices in the will of God and also made wrong choices in the will of God. But something happened. His bride was taken from him and then he got angry. And the Bible told us he caught 300 foxes and then he set them on fire. And those foxes began to run through the field and everything that belonged to the Philistines caught fire. And the vengeance that God wanted to establish, God established it by putting in the mind of Samson that the secret to consume a nation is that get ready men, join them together, ignite them and set them loose. Now, these are two things you must see in the life of the foxes. Number one is their alignment to the instruction. Number two, they did not return. Men who would go on assignment for God and do not care about their life. The foxes entered into the field, did the assignment and they don't care if they died. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. He says we overcame them by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto death. That was the posture of Esther. She got to a point in her life that she said if I perish. I perish but I will execute vengeance. This is not what God is saying concerning this matter. And I am violent about it. If I die on it I die. The will of God must be done. Let me tell you something. Many things will not turn around in your life until you become violent. You are too gentle about how the enemy is having a feast. It is time to be violent. It is time to wake up to the position of violence. Let me tell you one thing that you must know about your enemy. Whenever you do anything and your enemy does not react, it does not affect his system. Let me tell you, your salvation was not a threat to Satan. That's why you got saved. That you are here this morning did not affect him. Otherwise, the moment you move, your tire will go flat. Once he realizes that you are doing something that shakes his system, he will respond. When a man enters into a job environment and he begins to make this different, all of a sudden everybody will be hating him. Whenever you are doing something that affects the system of the devil, uh, he won't watch you. Until we pray and we consume this entire neighborhood, we have not started. When you start to do things and the devil feels threatened, then you are praying well. <laughs> when my mom came here, she told you, how she was praying for a son and a car that did not start caught fire. When it is about it's because he saw that maybe perhaps the one that is coming will align. Because the moment by the grace of God, when she got pregnant of me, fibroid vanished. How can you have fibroid and you have been pregnant with fibroid for other children and another is coming? And then he vanishes. It's because he was threatening his sister. He was threatening him. That is why you must make sure that right from now you become violent. Because perhaps your violence is not threatening the kingdom of darkness. Not yet. Your prayer is not affecting him yet. That's why you are sleeping peacefully. Nothing has appeared to you yet. Ah, It's not threatening him. Because the moment you begin to threaten his system everything around you begins to shake 
the moment the decision you are about to make is going to make him happy, then there will be frustration. The moment that marriage is what will take you to the next level, then everything around it becomes to look difficult. The moment is your financial prosperity that will liberate men. All of a sudden, doors begin to shut. Anytime it will threaten his system, he responds. Number three, quickly, because of our time. Prayer is the bridge between confession and possession. So many lies have been told on the pulpit of God by men who could have told us the truth. And one of the lies that is frequently told is how many ministers of God became what they became. For example, a man of God will come to the altar and probably is preaching to young people and says to them, when you surrender your life to Jesus, all your sins will be forgiven. All your addictions will be broken. Your life will not remain the same. Prosperity will come. And then he preaches that kind of message. And a young dead believer crawls to the front, kneels down, and accepts Jesus, hoping that in truth, his life will really be transformed. That as he steps out from the church, doors will just be opening anyhow. But guess what? He gives his life to Jesus. The first thing he experiences outside is a shut door. He should have just told us right from the beginning that he's lying. Because the truth of the matter is that if you really asked him, how did he become what he became? He will tell you that the day he gave his life to Jesus Christ, it took him another five years to deal with lust. Ah, you're not getting my point. I met a man of God one day while we were in school. And he came to preach with us and he told us seven years after his call to ministry, he traveled, he cried on the mountain seven years before God broke masturbation in his life. Seven years after the call of God, he was crying, God, I will like, how will you tell me to preach sexual purity? And I'm dealing with the same thing. And it took him seven years. But another one will come and tell you, just accept and that's all. They never tell us that there's a place, there is a bridge between I confessed it and I possessed it. Many will tell you, just give your life to Christ. Windows of heaven will open. No! There is a place of positioning like a mother and traveling. Nobody that I know has been able to enlist the things of God without a posture of prayer. That bridge is called labor. That bridge is called prayer. A word was given to Jacob. But then in Genesis chapter 27 verse 40. After Esau lost his birthright. He walked up to his father and began to cry. And he said give me one blessing. He said give me one blessing. And I don't know if it was a mistake of his father. But his father said something. He said by your sword. He gave... Jacob a blessing. He says your father's children will bow down to you. He said you will be the head and not the tail. This will work for you. But he came to this one and he said it is by your sword. And one picked up the word. The word that was made flesh. And ran to his uncle. Another picked up the sword. And began to wage war. And by Genesis 33 when the Bible was talking about the manifestation that has taken place by virtue of word and sword, the Bible said when Jacob was coming to meet Esau, fear was gripping him because they had told him that this Esau that you are talking about has become a mighty man. And what shocked me over four times through Genesis 33, Jacob that had the word was calling him my Lord. My Lord my lord because god has not called any man to a place and position of just holding the word without the sword that is why even the word is called a sword you're not still getting it 
You are not getting it. That is why David got to a point in his life and ministry when he began to say, the Lord has taught my hands to war. God doesn't give a man a land where he will fight. He said unto Joshua, I have given you the land in Joshua chapter 1. And then we go to Joshua chapter 10 or chapter 1, verse 10, 11, 12. And Joshua began to say, we will fight. How can God give me something and death? I'm still fighting for it. Because between confession and possession, there is a bridge and it is labor. A man who learns to war possesses faster than a man who has the sword or who has the word alone. A man who has the sword will possess faster than a man operating only by the word. God said you will be fruitful and the only response was amen. God said you will make a way and the only thing you said was I receive. You will wait because there is a position of holding a sword to begin to wage war. Scripture puts it like this. It says the list of them. The list of them will be as David. What was the makeup of David? If we begin to talk about David, we'll be tired. We'll live here. But one of the things we know about David was he was a mighty man of war. A mighty man of war who by the instrumentality of his gift raised 30 mighty men. One of them, they said the sword stuck in his hand. It was so sharp that it could pierce through nations and pierce through several jurisdictions. And names and names were being called of men who warred. Where were the men with just the word? There is no man who affects things in the kingdom who has not learned how to use the sword. In all, what is God saying this morning? He's saying you don't learn to fight in the fight. You learn to fight before the fight. That is why there is always timing before the fight. So that every preparation that will make you active in the fight, you prepare for it. You learn the art of war before the war. When God begins to steer a man the way he's steering us, it is because something is coming. It's either something is coming or God doesn't want you to miss something. I was on Facebook and I was just watching the story of Dunamis and how the woman and you know I always say it again and again how the woman said her husband walked into the house one day and said I feel like praying 22 years ago I'm feeling like praying ah, pray inside your room he said no this kind of prayer requires me to leave home and he packed his bags because he felt like praying in this generation, people feel like, people don't feel like, but they don't pray. But a man recognized the steering of God. And he began to feel like praying. And he packed his bags and baggages and went up to the mountain. And he had a wife. Not a girlfriend, a wife. A quality wife. Who understood by training that when my husband has gone up to pray, I sustain by also praying. And so the woman got on her knees too. And while he was doing three days fast on the mountain, she wasn't eating. She wasn't saying, no, I need to take care of my shape. I need to take care of my environment. She went on her knees and went for three days too. And while he came down after three days, what he wrote and what she wrote, she said you could not miss it for each other because there had been a spiritual alignment. The connection was not only on bed, it was in the spirit. And that word was go to Abuja and go and start what I will do for you. And 22 years after is opening an auditorium that the world has never seen before because God steered a man to pray and God has been steering you I've told someone very early this morning can God wake you up when you are sleeping can you wake
wake you up to pray for hours? Can he call you on a retreat when you have a party? God steered the man and he understood that the difference between where I am and the destiny God had called me is just three days. Sometimes it is not long. It is just three hours. Sometimes it is just one when you pray. Sometimes it is just one house fellowship. Sometimes it is not long. But men negotiate with God. Men begin to tell God, but I came five times. Now let me just do this one and just go. And men have missed purpose. They missed destiny. Because God will not wait. God called 70 people and wanted to anoint them. Two didn't come. And God anointed the 68 that was there. By mercy, he anointed them, but he couldn't wait. But a steering began to take place. There is no steering of God that is not purposeful. That was how he began to steer something between Dan and Esther Hall. Ordinary something was being steered. What are the things God is steering you into that you are yet to respond to? A man that is asleep is not different from a man that is dead. It was one of the shocking revelations that I had. That when a man is asleep, he is not different from a man who is dead. Night is coming. That's what God is saying. Night is coming. And it is time to arise and wake up to the responsibility of prayer. God began to teach a strategy in Judges chapter 3 verse 33. It says in the morning at sunrise, advance against the city. When Gal and his men came out, they seized the opportunity and they began to attack. The strategy for contention is to wake up early, not 6 a.m., but before you are old. There is a certain age when if you have missed what God was trying to do, honestly, God might try to be merciful, but you would have missed it for a long time. His mercy may be that your children will inherit it. It is time to arise early. Arise early. I never understood as I saw the consistency in scripture of men who arose early and they ceased the day. Arise early and war. You still have the strength, the tenacity, the capacity. Arise early and contend. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Verse 30. And I was shocked when the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture. I have quoted it for so long, and then we'll go and pray now. The Tarim chapter 32, verse 30. So many times I've said, One shall chase a thousand, two shall chase ten thousand. I didn't know it was a question. I confessed it without knowing the implication of what makes men and builds men's capacity. But in Deuteronomy, it was just a question. He says, how could one do it? Is it not because God sold them up? <laughs> Is it not because God had given up on them? And then I began to trace. And I saw the scripture again repeat itself. In Leviticus chapter 26 verse 8. That was the first time the Bible spoke about it. Let's go there quickly as I round off. What the original first text said. Is that five of you shall chase a thousand. And a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Because your enemies shall fall by your sword. The next one. Was the Deuteronomy chapter 20, 32 verse 30 that we read. And the last one was in Joshua chapter 23 verse 10. When Joshua himself said it. He said one man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who will fight for you. As he has promised. And then I realized 
that anyone who is chasing a thousand is the least God wanted him to ever experience. You remember when a song was being sung for Saul. What did they say about Saul? He said, Saul had killed his thousand because all thousand is based on promise. It's a natural tendency for the promise. But there was yet another man that the Bible called David who did not stand only on the promise. But when an announcement was made, as God would always come and make announcements, we will go for us. We will stand the test of time. We will wait when others are sleeping. We will arise like Deborah and say, I arose a mother in Israel in my generation. David was going to serve food, but couldn't help the burden that was in his tummy. He woke up to the responsibility of fighting, and he said, I will go. And they said, do you understand what it will take to go and fight a man who has fought from his youth and he said I don't care I know one who is supporting me I know the promise but I have also the sword it doesn't have to be a literal sword I have the sword I am ready to wage war and he went and he fought and the bible said a man of 10 feet fell down flat before David and it was said of David that from the hand of David fell all the giants and a song was sung of David for David has killed in his thousands in his tens of thousands because a man understood the responsibility of prayer all you will see are the benefits of salvation. But there are deep things in God where you know how to take a posture of a mother in travail. Whether men wake up to pray or not, I will travail. I will be one that heaven can look at and say, I found a Samuel in his generation. We will not shut his eyes on the earth aligns to the will of God. If God does not find somebody he has found me, I will wait until my strength is renewed, until my wings become like eagle and I can fly above men and then begin to look at us. Ah, is that a God flying? And God said, no, he's only aligned. Men will wake up to the responsibility of travel, can possess lands that were not yours because no land is yours. It takes prayer to possess. Rise up on your feet, lift up your hands to God and say, Father, this morning again I wake up to the responsibility of prayer. I will not rest until I take possession of all that you have for me. Can you lift up your voice and begin to cry out to him? I refuse to be lazy. The effectual and the fervent prayer of the righteous is what make tremendous power available. Say, Jesus, I wake up to the responsibility. I wake up to war until I possess all that is mine. Can somebody pray this morning? You, you know what you might have lost to laziness. Could it be three minutes of effectual, fervent prayer that is a difference between confession and possession? Can you be responsible this morning and say, Father, I choose to align to the things that you are doing in my generation. I refuse to be given to frivolities. I refuse to be given to activities. Organizing without agonizing. I refuse to just be an organizer without an agonizer in the spirit. Can somebody respond to God's call this morning? Respond to his call. Respond. Respond to the call of God. Where had the men who will be called mothers in their generation who know how to travel until they bath it? Align this morning. Align, 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 align. For God has taught my hands to roll. I align to the responsibilities of prayer. I respond to the responsibility of prayer. 
I respond to the responsibility of prayer. I respond this morning. I respond this morning. I respond, I respond. Somebody that has understanding, can you respond? Respond. Respond, respond. 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 Respond, respond. Respond, respond. Respond. I respond, I will pray. I will pray until I bat the promises of God. I refuse to be lazy in the place of prayer. Jesus, I respond to you. Jesus, I align to you. Jesus, I respond to you. Jesus, I align to you. I will not be tired. I will not be tired. Jesus, I respond to you. Jesus, I align Somebody respond to him. Respond, respond. Let your prayer be effectual. Let your prayer be fervent. Jesus, I respond to you. The devil will not cheat me. The devil will not take my place. I just respond, I respond. I respond, I respond, I respond, I respond, I respond, I respond, I respond. Can you pray in the Holy Ghost? Let there be agonizing in your spirit. Let the order of prayer begin to rise in my spirit. Respond this morning. Respond. Respond. Respond this morning. Hey, respond. Somebody respond. Respond. Jesus, I respond to you. Jesus, I align with you. Jesus, I respond to you. I respond, I respond. Shalabadaba. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. We'll be ending this series. We still have one or two to still talk about in kingdoms and thrones. But we'll be ending the heart of war this morning. I will pray three prayer points quickly. One of the strategies of the enemy is how we can make deposits in lineages because of his foresight to know that a man can rise that might enjoy his system. So he deposits in a man. And the man is normal all through his life. Until a point comes where they call it the trigger point. Whereby it gets to the bridge. And that which has been deposited for centuries suddenly pops up. It is usually that deposit that forms frustration. It is that deposit that forms discouragement. It is that deposit that can form anything that you can call it. But the enemy has foresight and walks through deposit and trigger. This morning you will be contending for your life over anything the enemy has deposited in me. Waiting for a trigger point. Listen carefully before you pray. I told us on Wednesday. Or it was last week Sunday. How the Bible spoke about Seth. That and Seth was born. And then he gave birth to Enosh. And men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Nobody understood why. But at the birth of a son. All of a sudden people began to respond to prayer. And then the Bible now told us something else about another that was born once. 
it said there was one that was born whose name was Ichabod. Nobody would understand, but at the birth of Ichabod, what it launched in that domain was that glory departed. Something was infused into a system, and all of a sudden, people in that neighborhood begin to respond, not knowing that there has been infusion in the spirit. You can break a jinx. You can rise up and break a pattern. Somebody started it, another will end it. Somebody ended favor, another will begin it. There are lineages today that it was the birth of a son that brought about a prophetic rule. And there is none in that family that will not serve the Lord. And yet another Eli can rise up and God would say, did I say this family will serve me forever and never again? You must not understand infusion. Every negative infusion that I am responding to. That's the prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I detach myself from it now. That's the prayer point. Every negative infusion that unknowingly I'm responding to, it is a pattern. It is a way it happens. And it is waiting for a trigger. For some people, they don't even know it's there. It is waiting for a trigger. Can you lift up and roar in prayer? Up to minister, roar, 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 roar like a lion this morning. I stop every negative infusion. I stop every negative infusion. Please pray, please pray. Pray, 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 pray. Stop it, I stop it, I stop it. Stop that negative trend. Stop it this morning, stop it this morning. Stop it. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Ah, you are not getting it all. You don't understand. What became a pattern in some families that they began to call that it is hereditary. Somebody began it. One of the things that my mom says about our family is that they enjoy long life. Somebody started it. Somebody climbed upon a plane and started a positive pattern. If the negative pattern can be put to an end today, you can stop the positive one. Wrong decision. It was because somebody climbed the pattern. Polygamy in some homes. You are a Christian, but you can still help it because somebody climbed on a pattern. You don't understand how the spirit works. That that was how it happened 20 years ago because somebody started a pattern. I saw some patterns and I rose up in agony. I refused to be part of it. I refuse to be part of it. I stand on the word of God and I wage war. I refuse to be part of it. God has called me out of darkness. That includes negative patterns. I refuse. I refuse, I refuse. Go ahead and pray for another 30 seconds. I blot out my names from every pattern of the wicked. Hey, 
As I earlier said, the land was within chaos, frustration going on everywhere because men had lost mandate, men had lost commission, men had lost the seal of protection over their life. They had lost it. They had lost it. And one day a woman arose who did not consider gender but understood that in the kingdom is about posture it wasn't gender it was posture and he said that everywhere was in calamity 40,000 men without sword until I Deborah I arose a mother in Israel motherhood not by title motherhood not by gender but motherhood by posture of travail motherhood by posture a woman knew that if I can conceive it then I must know how to travel to bat it and Deborah will stand on her watch and a woman brought victory because a woman knew that I can rise in a generation where people make up a woman woke up I refuse to slumber I wake up I want you to call your existence to life Many people are sleeping. Many people are sleeping. I want you to summon yourself to life and say, In the name of Jesus, Samuel Oluwatoba, respond to the call of heaven. Arise and shine. You are born to shine in your generation. Arise. Take a posture. Take a posture and travel. I take the posture of a mother and I travel for my shining. I travel for God's plan over my life. I travel for promises. I will not be under the yoke of darkness. I was born for greatness. You promised me a nation. You promised me a nation. I travel for it. You said the least of us will be as David.
to burn in a man. There is a fire that can burn in a man that he begins to respond to the staring of God without stress. It was such fire that was ignited in the foxes. A fire tail to tail. They were lighted and they were deployed. They were deployed into the system of the Philistine. And the Bible said they consumed it. They ran into the assignment. And they became limitless and unstoppable. There is a fire that can burn upon you. There is a fire that can ignite your prayer life. There is a fire that can make you war. When everybody is slumbering and sleeping. There is a fire that consumes it was that same fire that Samson himself started to burn with. After his error, Samson got to a position that he did not care about life anymore because he started to respond to a fire that his life meant nothing to him. It was more about establishing the kingdom. And Samson stood and began to push. And when it was looking as if he would make it and he would leave, he looked unto God and said, don't worry, let me die at my post. Let me die at my post. Let me fulfill destiny. Let me do what you have called me to do. There is a response that can come when the fire eats. And the word of the Lord said about Samson. And Samson killed more people in his death than when he lived because fire came. I want you to cry unto heaven from the bottom of your heart. Not that because I'm saying in Jesus' name I prayed. It's not the end of the prayer point. It's just the beginning. But this last one. I want you to cry out for the consuming fire. The fire that can refine. The fire that can purify. The fire that can change. Let that fire touch you today. Let everything that is not of God burn to ashes. Can you cry out for the fire? Is somebody crying for fire this morning? Lift up your voice and cry for fire. Cry for fire. Oh God. It can be revived. It can refine. Consuming fire. Oh God. Consuming fire. to pray that prayer. It can revive. It purifies. Consuming fire of God. My Lord is waiting. Waiting for your fire. No fear me no. My Lord, world is waiting. They are waiting for your fire. They 
Jesus, Jesus, more fed me no, more fed me no, more fed me no, more fed me no, more fed me no. I want to carry fire. I want to carry fire. I refuse to be cold. I refuse to be cold. You can do it, ta da da. more fed me no, Jesus, more fed me no, more fed me no. Checking day no le, shaka kata ye more me no. Yeah. 